Hello and welcome to Beers Without Frontiers, episode 34. Today I'm joined by Vicky. Hello. And Charles. Hello. And a friend of the show, Steve, from the Beer O'Clock Show. Hi. Hello, um, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Thanks um, for inviting so, me. No worries. Um, so another remote Zoom show because state of the world, etc. Don't need to go into that right now. Um, and the first thing we need to do is we need to get our snouts into a beer. Um, now, we've all got different beers, pretty much. So um, I don't know who wants to go first with what, what they've got there in, in their glass. Charles? Yeah, I mean, um, so I think the, we spoke offline before the, the podcast, what we were going to do. And I think it was centered around picking a sort of a theme for the three beers we're about to sort of do and taste. So I've, I've actually gone for a Midlands type sort of theme because this this month we've seen a real sort of uh, explosion of new cans that have come onto the market from uh, all sorts of Midlands breweries. So I've actually, the first one I've cracked open and it was well needed, uh, Burning Soul uh, Heaven Hellas. So it's a 4.7% Hellas, uh, golden, crystal clear in the glass. Smells really floral, earthy. Yeah, and it's very crisp, very refreshing. So that's my beer that I've chosen. Excellent. So Burning Soul, based up in the jewellery quarter of Brom. Yeah, that's it. And I think they've been... This might be their first lager. I think it might be their first lager, but it's definitely one of their first... Might be one of their early first sort of contract cans that they've done. Uh, I might be totally wrong on that, but uh, it's the first time I've really seen the cans. So, um, yeah, it's good to see. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Steve, what you got in your glass? I am on, I'm not really going to claim these as being a local brewery because they're from Peterborough, um, <laughs> but I'm on, I'm on Oakham. Um, they've just recently released some beers into Cannes. Um, as far as I know, this is, uh, they first did this one back in the summer last year and it's it's their classic citra that they've put into a can but they've they've called it citra t90 so this has been brewed with the um hot pellets to to, to give a much more intense flavor of of the citra it's unfiltered yeah. as well and they've also called it a session ipa so they've kind of moved away from their origin a little bit because this, this used to be a parallel as, as far as I remember, Citra mm. was always a, a straight up pal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I tried it last summer. It was absolutely cracking. Um, and they, they released some more this week along with some others that, that I'm going to try a little bit later on. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to actually give this a bit of an air in, in public really. And it's, it's absolutely delicious. It's, um, it's, it's crisp. It's really, really dry. And, and, and the bitterness just goes on for, for days on it. The, 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 the that the punch that that bitterness has is it's really way above the 4.6% yeah. that, that it is. So yes, very sessionable, but also everything that you're looking for in that style of beer. Excellent. What, what's the, what's the difference in terms of just going back to that beer, like T90 and say a cryo hopped beer. I mean, is it the, the process of the hopping of the way the hops are made or I don't I, 
I don't I don't know a great <laughs> amount about T90 as as, as far as no. I'm concerned it is it is a much more I think it's concentrated is it concentrated hop pellets yeah. so um yeah. whereas their the, the original version of this was was obviously it's widely known as being the the, the first UK beer to be an all citra beer um mm. it this this was shortly i think it was literally a couple of months before fine put out yarl and then yeah adnams followed with ghost ship and you know a whole host followed you using the citra hop when it when it first launched into market uh but it's just literally been in this last year that they've they've taken it to that next level and i'm guessing that's just the case of them trying to move with the times a little bit because they are, yeah. they do come across as being a very traditional brewery. You, you know, they're, they're they're heavily cask led and forward. You, you've always seen their big five hundred mil bottles in the supermarket, and now here they are in the four forty mil can race sort of thing. Yeah, well, trendy gonna, cans. Yeah. Say, yeah, yeah, cool. This is relatively new for them canning, isn't it? Because I always remember the bottles of Oakum Citra yeah. and bottle shops and stuff, and. I think the cans have been around a couple of years. They had, they were in three thirty, I think, to start with. Because I remember, I remember seeing them around. There was like a an orange one, with a yellow type background, and a green one. I think I'm not, I'm not really explaining it that well, but they were quite three <laughs> distinct um, cans that they brought out to start with. But so the four forty that Steve's got, I've not, I've not actually seen any of those actually around. But no, I'm I guessing. Think- I think the 330s were very much pitched at the supermarket entry point. Um, oh, okay. they, they were full colour wraparound cans, yeah. you know, space pictures, that sort of thing, strange names. I think one of them actually even got pulled up by the Portman <laughs> Group um, because of its name. Um, but I think these these 440s, they are the standard, what we've come to, to expect now. They're the, the wraparound labels, so they're, they're sticky label all the way around. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think these are destined for supermarket because the only place that I've got these from so far is direct from Oakham's website. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So, yeah, it's probably, as you say, a bit of a traditional brewery. They're sort of now starting to maybe uh, look at alternative revenue streams in as much as di- directing a lot of traffic to their website and sending this stuff directly. Um, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, yeah. so we are that's myself and Vicky, are going trad uh, this time. And we are entering the world of Dark Mild. Um, so uh, so basically uh, what we are drinking is left-handed giant brew pub, Dark Mild. It's a 440 can, and it is a uh, 4% Dark Mild. Uh, it says unassuming and quaffable mild ale accounted for 75% of all the beer produced in Britain following the second world war. And then it goes on to talk about its brew pub, which I've not been to yet. It's down in uh, Bristol. Um, but I believe obviously they've got a brewery there as well as the main LHG brewery also in, in Bristol. It's, um, it's quite a, a traditional, you know, there's, there's not too many places you can go with mild, really. Um, you know, lightly hopped, uh, dark, quaffable. So you don't um, think we're going to see a, a pastry mild anytime soon? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. No. 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 Well, I suppose, yeah. Well, I suppose we, we've done pastry stouts and porters, and I suppose they're quite traditional as well, and people went and say, I don't know. Who I knows? Just, is the connotation of mild still too old manish though? I don't know. I it's, think it's uh... I think it's finding new drinkers now. 
how is it translated for you in terms of like a, a, a mild normally being served on the cask and then you you know you're trying it in a can i mean is it does the carbonation give it much sort of character or like does it change um, much about it it's it's not a heavily carbonated beer this particular one um you know, obviously, your, your main preference for a mild would be to have a, a pint of it um, on cask, sparkled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if you if you sort of you know West Midlands, Black Country, it's kind of where the sparkler starts in the country uh, in some places, and and to have it like that. But to be quite honest, this um, well, to be honest, I've almost forgotten what cask beer tastes like now. Actually, it's been that long. <laughs> um, but yeah. no, this this is very much uh, you know it's all about the malt. And uh, it's just one of those you could, you know, sup a few of these. And it's just a really pleasant quaffing beer. It's really good. And it's good to see, you know, left-handed giant attempting a, uh, and succeeding in a style like this, uh, along with yeah. uh, quite a few other more modern breweries. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll come yeah, on to I- a bit more about mild in a bit. But, um, yeah, that's it's definitely uh, an interesting uh well, I've, been, I've been impressed with their LHG Brew Club. I think they've really sort of put out some interesting, more drinkable, sessionable styles. Um, so I don't know if you've got to try either Steve or you two. I don't know if you've managed to try any LHG Brew Club stuff, but um, they've been really good. I had a West Coast one of theirs. Yeah, a few weeks ago, I had a West Coast uh, one of theirs. that Because um, the label, yeah, it does specify that it's brewed at the brew pub. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a pretty decent... Um, west coast ipa um from there um so yeah definitely um on the lookout for other stuff coming coming from there as well i guess they're doing smaller batch stuff uh being the brew pub um so yeah okay so uh that's what we're all drinking um let's move on to what used to be called uh beer of the month um but as we kind of have had a little bit of a break and stuff um we're kind of going to open this up to being a little bit about beers of 2021 so far and I don't know who wants to to go first on this. Just uh, two or three of the beers that have impressed you so far this year. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll jump straight in. Um, first one, uh, probably with a nod to uh, a recent guest on your podcast, Andy Parker, uh, is the re-release of his Level Up, the American Red, but he re-released the original version of it. So he re-released Level One, which was oh, I think it was Simcoe and Mosaic. I want to say. Um, so got some cans of that and his, his beer is translating so well into cans uh, at the moment. He's got yeah. it just right. Uh, so if you let that just warm a little bit, come up to, to room temperature slightly and get it into a glass, you are getting pretty close to the cask experience with that, but it just um, tasted absolutely fantastic. And obviously the, the, the history that goes with that particular beer as, as, as well as he explained on, on your last show, uh, just made it, it always feels like it's special when you get to drink the level one of, of, of the level up. So yeah, properly, properly enjoyed that one. That was probably, probably my first real highlight of, of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other two have been a little bit more recent. One, one of them was a beer that came in, I think it was January's Thornbridge subscription box for, from them. And that was Mind Games, which is the collab that they did with Firestone Walker. So it's a gin barrel aged sour, I want to say, or is it a gin? No, gin barrel aged Saison. Um, and it was just incredible. It was like 
a beery version of a gin. It had all the characteristics that you get from a gin, the sort of like the dryness, the the, the, the juniper, all the other botanicals going on in there. Uh, and then you kind of got this little sweet beery hit to it. And then there was some more dryness and then there was some beer and then there was dryness and it was very, very dry, but exceptionally drinkable as, as well. It's really, really exciting to see what's coming out of the, the, the Thornbridge barrel aging project at the moment. They, they are releasing some really exciting stuff right now uh and then the, the final one again barrel aged beer from six degrees north called so they're up uh, in the northeast aren't they six yeah they're in i believe they're in aberdeen and i think they're called six degrees north because it is actually six degrees north of Be- of, of belgium that's oh, right yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah it's called dark days so it's a it's a whiskey barrel aged imperial stout and it's just absolutely stunning. It was just really smooth, lots of lots of toffee and vanilla notes going on from the barrel aging, uh, and just like a really smooth, almost like a, a, a hot chocolate roasted finish to it, rather than a big old coffee roastedness to to it. So, so yeah, they've been probably the three beers so far this year that have been real real standouts, like head and shoulders above everything else that I've drunk. Cool. Excellent. Right. Excellent. That um Thornbridge one, was that in a 750? I think I'd seen some pictures of that. No. So so there's there's two gin barrel aged beers that they've got out at the moment. The the, the Mind Games is one of the, the, the smaller 375 mil bottles. And and then they've got, I think it's literally just called Gin Sour, which which is in the big 750 bottle, right. like like the the serpent-sized bottle. Yeah. Or cage type thing. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. I, I found it, I've got to say, I found it quite surprising that that came in a subscription box in January because it, to me, that's like a, really feels like a summer beer. Mm. It's, it's a beer yeah. that you want to get really chilled, um, have it in the sun, and probably because of the size of the bottle, you want to have that with a few friends as well. So that's one that's certainly gone into the, the, the cellar just to sit for a bit longer until until the time is right on that one. Vicky, do you want to go next? Yeah. Yeah. So my uh, first one is um, Tint Meadow. No, I know we've had that many times before, but um, we'd had one sitting in the garage for a year or so, had we? And um, yeah, we've got... Yes, uh, I checked the batch numbers and uh, we picked out one that was... It was either one or two years old. I can't remember. But yeah, obviously Tint Meadow, the the, um, Trappist brewery from Colville. Yeah. (laughs) As unlikely as that sounds. It was, it, it definitely ages very, very well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, so much so that you were cursing the fact that you hadn't got more to sell her because <laughs> we wanted to drink more. It was, it, yeah, I tried it as well. It was definitely better after a bit of uh, ageing. It really just yeah. improves it. So, yeah. And then my other two are both um, siren beers. So the first one is um, Neo Normal, which is a 7.3% ipa um what can't remember oh sorry that's the one with the the new hop isn't it i think talus is it talus yeah. yeah i was just gonna say which is what. supposed to be like sabro i think um yes. i've it's, not had anything with it but it, it's got lineage to, to sabro but it's supposed oh, okay. to it's supposed to demonstrate more of the citrus characters than sabro does Okay. Yeah, it's it's quite. Yeah, it, was uh, more, it was more lemony, and there was a bit of honey and stuff were going on, wasn't there? It was super easy to drink. Yeah, there was that kind of, like you say, almost the honey kind of sweetness to to it. 
Um, and so. I think that was the other thing. So that both of the siren ones, so this one at 7.4, that drank really well. It didn't drink like 7.4 at all. And then the other one um, was the Death by Caribbean chocolate cake. The, um, the uh, yeah, just the straight ahead one. But um, yeah, 10.2%. So I don't know whether you've seen there. They did... Um, we got a four pack uh, special yeah, four, presentation. Yeah, four variations this Four year. variations. But that one, honestly, we, last time we had it was last Saturday. And um, it was one of those, we were watching a program together, weren't we? And I said, oh, we can, should we just finish on a sipping beer while we're watching this program? Before I knew it, <laughs> I was halfway through it because it really does not drink like 10%. It's so smooth. There's no alcohol burn at all. Um, it's not sweet chocolate it's it's very um not bitter chocolate but just that it's really i find it really hard to describe that kind of chocolate but i think for me what what i looked up about this one that i think makes it so different is there's almost like a spiciness and uh what it says here about it is um they've aged it in amburana wood and uh i think it's maybe not actually a barrel because the description here says these spicy fragrant spirals. So I don't know whether that's like wood that has been, you know, sometimes people put wood chips into something uh, to impart a flavor. I don't know whether they did that or not. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's had that hint of spiciness about it as well. It's complex. Yeah. It's complex. But, oh, <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nice whilst uh, I've got my notes in front of me, I'll just quickly run through mine um so the first one and uh i think uh this was at the start of the year um st mars of the desert quadruple um you may remember towards the tail end of last year they released i think three different strength belgian inspired beers um this was the quad um and um yeah basically just superb i mean real real quality brewing there you know deep ruby beer with the kind of like a bit of green apple marzipan and like super drinkable considering it's eight eight point eight percent but that's quads for you isn't it i mean it's <laughs> super drinkable um so yeah um i'm uh, you know i'm a st mars of the desert kind of fanboy anyway so you know um this just kind of uh under underlined how, how good they are um the other one was quite a special beer. It was it was a beer we opened up on our on our birthday. Uh, we shared a big six sixty mil bomber of Decadence twenty twenty from Marble, um, their Imperial Stout ten point two percent, and um, yeah, this is basically a straight kind of stout um, without any adjuncts and none of that fancy business. Whoa, no adjuncts! Just wow. <laughs> straight up, straight up, and it's all about the malt bill. And, you know, you're just getting toffee, a kind of little bit of smokiness in there. Um, but it was just licorice as well, which is, is something if you kind of stick without the adjuncts and you, you you can get so much out of just the malts themselves. So, you know, licorice, yeah. coffee, yeah. dark fruits, all of that stuff. So that that was just absolutely fantastic. And uh, shout out to Paul UNRCD, who very kindly sent that to us. Um, we drank it on our birthday and it was delicious. Um, and, um, and then the other one, uh, was the day, uh, saturated in Motueka, uh, big dipper, all about single hopped, um, New Zealand Motueka hop and, you know, all the usual lemon, quite a prominent lime kind of thing going on there. And, um, yeah, just, just 
as good as Dea are renowned for in in that kind of style of beer. So that was uh, that was uh, also one of the best things I've drunk so far this year. So um, so Charles, what have you been nice drinking? One. Yeah, I've got kind of um, sporadically kind of ordered online over the last sort of couple of yeah month or so, and um, yeah, a brewery that we featured must have been the last one we did with with Rob Hopsing. Uh, before Christmas, we did the Overtone beers. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'd actually put in a little order with Overtone, and yeah, it kind of continued off from what we were shouting about on the podcast. Really kind of varied, real kind of nuanced and interesting sort of IPA. You know, not just some of them had a bit of a bitterness that that some of the real juice bombs don't have. Um, I also tried um, their stout as well, which is really good, called Dark Banter which is lovely coffee forward like stout. Um, so yeah, that, that was one. And then the other one I kind of was really impressed with was uh, Beak. I don't know if you guys have sort of come across Beak much. Heard but, of uh, them, haven't got around to trying any yet, but heard good things. Yeah, I keep seeing lots of yeah. things everywhere. But yeah, yeah. yeah lots, lots of people talking about them at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they're getting a, getting quite a bit of noise at the minute on, on, on social media. And um, yeah, I thought I'd give it a go and, Picked up the one I was really impressed with actually, which actually wasn't an IPA, was the Czech style pills that they that they do called Dest. I'm probably not even saying that right. It's D-E-S-T. And uh yeah, absolutely blown away by that one. And also self-portrait, which is a, a pale ale uh that they do, 4.5%, which was with uh London fog yeast and southern hemisphere hops. And yeah, beautifully drinkable that one. So yeah, well, those are two sort of ones I was most impressed with sort of brewery wise Order, ordering online as well real kind of good value like real good service as well beers arrived within a couple of days um and uh, yeah quality yeah good stuff yeah beaker based down in lewis um just uh, up the other end of the That's street right. from from harvey's i think so you've got super trad in the town and now you've got a kind of modern stuff as well there so uh yeah i look forward yeah. to i've got a tap room i believe so uh you know one day yeah uh, the tap room looks great uh, it looks really good it's sort of uh, a lovely sort of location where where from what i can tell um so yeah be, be look forward to be a place definitely to visit uh, in the future good stuff. yeah i think i think yeah. they're clearly making some some waves because they've had advance yeah. notice of um the beers that are going to be in next month's Thornbridge box and there's Thornbridge have done a collaboration with Beak. I saw that. Um, yeah. That uh, a double IPA. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, hoppy excursions, which would be our usual, uh, in, in a normal world would be, Hey, where have we been drinking? Well, we haven't been drinking anywhere because we've been locked down. <laughs> where have we been going? Let alone drinking. We haven't been going anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's more a case of where have so. you been buying your beer from, which yeah. in our case has been pretty much, Orders from Elusive and um, nipping into Beer Gonzo in Coventry. Actually, to, um, I'm, I'm uh, going to give an honourable men- honourable mention to an Elusive brew. And I know we, we it gets talked about a lot, but I did. I actually had the the West Coast um, Pale for the first time, Oregon Trail, and uh, I, again, absolutely blown over, blown away by it. I couldn't believe how good it was. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> definitely um, ordering that again. Yeah. Uh, also, we ordered direct from Twisted Barrel in Coventry um, because we'd got a voucher because we invested in their um, fundraiser for the canning line. So uh, that was uh, a great value where you invested 25 quid and you got 50 quid to spend on beer. So uh, we got a whole bunch of their cans 
coming in, which, um, well, we'll talk about one of them in a, in a bit, actually. But yeah, some, some good stuff there, including a rebrew of their um, Dark Knight Rises um, Belgian style beer. Um, but yeah, they're, they're able to can a lot more of their smaller run stuff now. They've got their, their canning line that they're sharing with Green Duck Brewery. So that was all a very successful project. And that's where we've been getting our stuff from, isn't it? Pretty much. So I don't know about you guys, where you've been sort of ordering from to, to keep your supplies up. I, I picked up a great offer that I, I know that you jumped on as well, Simon, which was the the, the box from Marble for for their recent event that they did on on online. Um, it was it was basically the organisers of the Manchester Beer Festival, the Camera Manchester Beer Festival uh, that that would have normally run at the end of January, um, have taken this concept of trying to support their local pubs by doing five virtual events over five nights um, with those pubs, and there were event boxes that went along with it, and and Marble put out a box. And it was it was twelve beers. So it was it was ten marble beers and two wonder beyond beers. Uh, that the price point, including postage, was at forty five quid. So considering that most of That's marble's great. cans yeah. are five hundred mil, um, and then That's the two, wonder beyond the two wonder beer, beyond right? cans as, as yeah. well uh, alone probably yeah. would have taken up almost half of the cost of that box normally yeah, um, yeah, yeah it was just it was just too good an offer to pass up and to, to be fair there was a there was a really good spread of styles in in that box as well so there was everything from you know the craziness that wonder beyond put out ranging through best bitters and session ipas red owls um the event special which was a whiskey aged coffee porter um literally something for everyone in that box and i just i just think it was really great value good stuff well there's been a, there's been a few quite um like good de- sort of deals sort of knocking around with regards to craft beer I, I don't know if you guys heard about the brew by numbers they did a lockdown box which was 24 cans of, of, of sort of their 440 beers at 50 pounds delivered Oh, which wow. is wow. absolutely incredible. Um, so I know a few people who hopped on that. Um, yeah, so, uh, and it wasn't, I don't think it was by by any means old beers or styles that they tried to, they wanted to get rid of. It was sort of IPA, double IPA, that sort of thing. So, that one, uh, yeah. yeah, that one passed me Amazing by, value. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I do just um, wonder if, if, if maybe what happened was you yeah. know, in, that, in that period between Christmas and New Year, where there was a little bit of uncertainty as to what was going to happen in January. Yeah. Obviously, brewers had to continue preparing for the fact that they might have to cask and keg beer, and and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. sort of like the January lockdown hit, and it was like, well, we've got all this beer now. Mm-hmm. We, what are we going to do with it? <laughs> yeah, we need we need to get it out yeah. the door because it's it's taking up it's taking up storage yeah. space. So, uh, you know, I think possibly that's that's partly that the, the reason why we've suddenly seen mm-hmm. an influx of a lot of beer at really good price points. I mean, the, the, the other brewery that did, I think it was North Brewing, did a, a lager. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was, again, something crazy like 24 cans for sort of 24 quid or something. Um, so, yeah, you, yeah, I think you might have a point. I think it was people, yeah, breweries sat on stock and, and whatnot, and as you said, not knowing what's going to happen. So, yeah. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, because like you said, they've got to keep the supply supply going, but then they don't know whether they've got. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's so right. They've yeah. got to keep the kit running. Hammer, yeah, yeah, hammer yeah, yeah. Yeah, as, yeah. As, as well. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, tanks have got to be filled. Yeah. And yeah, and what yeah. do they do with the staff? Do they further them? Do they not? Do they? Oh, yeah. yeah. Decisions. Decisions. Yes. Yeah, I was, um, he- I was hearing on the news the other day that um, that everybody was saying, "Great that you're going to start making plans for what you're going to do for easing lock." lockdown and stuff but um just remember you can't just say to pubs right you're opening now because we need two weeks at least yeah, to get, um, yeah. yeah to get Absolutely. our stock back up again well, you know and it's you, uh, carling can be turned around in a few days we <laughs> 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 found, found that out on the <laughs> on that episode <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah the places we like to go to yeah it's going to take a while yeah unless uh, you get just up, want get to go somewhere to that has opened up and is selling cans which bit pointless really isn't it you know at the end of the day if you go out somewhere yeah. you want to drink uh, draft beer um right okay yeah. well i've i've yeah. run out of my dark mild now but it was very tasty and i really enjoyed it um i don't know what you think vicky yeah it's just yeah. a nice it's just a classic mild style and it's just yeah, yeah. no i was initially i was getting a bit of um chocolate and stuff on the nose mm-hmm. but um a little bit on the palate but no it was just just good, good it's all good about style. the malt isn't it the malt a yeah. little bit of dark fruit that kind of thing but it's it's not ever a style that's gonna kind of uh you know blow you away but it's it's just about kind of something pleasant to drink it's, it's kind of more a quaffing beer you know and it is probably best suited to cask because it's the kind of thing you would spend an afternoon in a nice cozy old-fashioned pub somewhere in the black country or up in the outskirts of manchester just kind of putting away pint after pint of it and that's in fact, that reminds me, one of the times last year when we were in London, we went to the Harvey's pub that, oh God, I can't remember the name of it now. You the know Royal Oak. The Royal Oak, that's it in Borough. And um, yeah, we we were drinking a bit of mild in there, weren't we? And there was a whole table of old guys, uh, looks like they kind of meet up like, you know, once a week or something there. And unusually, all of them were all drinking the mild which is is something you know when when i first uh, started drinking certainly around here and it's a long time ago you used to see it was still the very end days of uh, a brewery would have uh, a pump a cask pump for bitter and one for mild and i used to think that mild actually was a slightly sour style until i realized it was just because <laughs> it had sat there for so long because no bugger drank it um you know it's, it's almost like a sort of oh this kind of sour style you know yeah it's not really for me it's only years later i kind of discovered it shouldn't be like that um but yeah it's it's definitely when when you can find a pub that that has it and there's some throughput on cask then it's it's a great drink definitely um how how are your beers uh, uh, final thoughts on what what you started off with steve yeah it was really really easy drinking and and if if anybody's got any doubt i know this isn't really going to work on the <laughs> on on a podcast but visually <laughs> look at look at the lacing, lacing on that yep. glass from a can um, so if anybody's got any doubt about the uh, the, the traditionality of, yeah. of oaken beers, yeah. they, they can even get lacing from a can. Um, no, it was just really delicious. I mean, it, it does amplify all of that citrus flavour. Uh, and it's it's got me quite excited for the next beer that I'm going to be drinking in a minute. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Nice one. Charles, how's, nice how's yours? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, to be honest, it's, it's not sort of nothing groundbreaking, but it's just really solid, really kind of well-made, uh, no flaws. Like, and again, it's, it's a sort of beer that when we were allowed sort of back out and into pub gardens, like beer gardens, I'd love a few of these in the sunshine, no doubt. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, and just going back to your glass, Steve, it's just like, oh, God, yeah, I haven't seen a glass looking like that for like, I know, so I'm just, I'm so, I'm so impressed with that. It's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm now doing that. Oh, no, that's what I'm missing, a glass yeah. looking like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right, so we've pretty much got through our beers now. So, um what we have right now is uh, I'm drinking, Vicky's drinking a Twisted Barrel Beast of a Midlands Mild. It is a dark vanilla mild, 3.5% volume. And um, this is something that Twisted Barrel of Coventry, I think, have brewed pretty much from their outset from when they started up a few years ago. And uh, it's very much a, a standard kind of mild, but with the addition of some vanilla pods to give it a hint of sweetness there and creamy finish as well. And um, yeah, what are we thinking of this? Yeah, no, this is now. Interestingly, you said, "Oh, it's got the vanilla pods in to make it sweet." This has actually got more of a bitter tone than it than the left-handed giant one. So actually, um, it has. Yeah, I think I read somewhere though that vanilla is technically bitter, isn't it? It's not sweet, but it's used in a lot of sweet things. Mm. Um, it's, it's not. It's not sweet. No, unto itself, it's not sweet, is it? No, um, but. So is yeah. it because it's normally added with lots of sweet things? That's why you think it's sweet. It's it's added for uh, balance and, mm. and 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 the flavour more than the sweetness. But it is oh. it's it's mostly obviously associated with 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 sweet flavours. Yeah, I'm so. I'm not going to take credit for that. That's um, <laughs> Miles Miles Lambert told me that because, because his ah. wife his wife's a cake maker, isn't she? So, ah. um, and and Miles ah. once told me the story of of how um, the fact that vanilla is sweet is a massive misconception. Oh. Yeah, so, so we can but, give you partial credit for it, but not yeah. entire credit. Well, I'm just well, passing on the information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you had to Massenger. remember that in the first place. So well done. So. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so um, yeah, once again this. This beer is all about the malts. Um, this contains Vienna, Crystal, Amber, Munich, Carafa Special 3, Roasted Barley Ooh. and Chocolate. So it's all about the malts and um, it's just tasting fantastic. It's one of my favourite beers of theirs. And um, yeah, it's it's as good as it ever was. Um, so whilst on the subject of mild, we've got a few factoids about mild here. Um, like Banks's, one of the uh, traditional uh, West Midlands breweries, it's mild, outsells its bitter in the West Midlands market. And um, mild is most popular in the West Midlands, South Wales and the Northwest. It was the most popular beer style until the Second World War. And uh, mild was originally used to designate any beer which was young, fresh or unaged and did not refer to a specific style of beer. And um, and here's, here's the one that, that shows you just what a kind of... Uh, the, it's, it's I guess, lack of appeal, uh, I suppose. Uh, in 2002, only 1.3% of beer sold in pubs was mild. So that's just minuscule, isn't it, really? Um, but, you know, like I was saying earlier, there might be a little bit of a comeback because modern breweries that have recently produced a mild are North, who produced a triple XK mild. That was eight and a half percent. Attic over in Sturchley, uh, Boxcar and Twisted Barrel, yeah. which is what we're drinking at the moment. So um, it's good to see that the more modern breweries are, are picking up on this style. And, well, Boxcar, uh, you've, had the bo- you've had the Boxcar one, Simon, haven't you? The, and it's an imperial mild, which is quite an interesting... 
so, yeah, we, we we might be drinking that later, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we've all, we've already had their um, edit uh, out. <laughs> yeah, we've already had their three point six percent version of that some time ago because I was surprised that a brewery like Boxcar, who uh, uh, down in East London producing a beer like that, so yeah, definitely good to see that uh, the modern breweries are, are getting into this style too. Um, so, right. Simon, so, yeah. sorry, just to jump in there, you, you you mentioned that it was obviously prevalent in certain areas in the UK more than anywhere else. Hmm. Is is there any? Did did you find any evidence as to why? Because obviously we know that London has a history of porter because the the, the water, um, you know, isn't great in London. And, and that was the style that they were able to brew. And the same with obviously the fact that you've got fantastic water in Burton and that's where all, all the powers and the IPAs came from. So, yeah. so is, is there maybe a, a regional reason why, why those areas that you spoke about yeah. were producing mild? Yeah, absolutely. So mild low ABV, super quaffable, all these areas. So black country and South Wales and the Northwest, all predominantly working class areas, people doing a lot of manual labor. So black country, obviously from its name, you know, um, ironworks and smelting of steel and metals and all that kind of thing. And South Wales, you've got all the coal mines and that sort of thing. So basically these guys, they, they finished their shift and they wanted to put six pints of, of a beer down them. Uh, so Would it have been cost as well as quaffability though? I suppose that could that could have been part of it. It's always been a fraction cheaper, possibly ten to twenty percent cheaper than a pint of bitter at the time. Yeah. So that's that's also perhaps part of the reason. But I think just in general, it's it's quaffability for people doing hard manual labor at the end of the day they wanted to put a few pints away and it's 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 kind of you know about three percent. Um it's it's the kind of thing that um would almost hydrate you, <laughs> you know, even though there's alcohol yeah. in it. Um, it's, it's that kind of quantity kind of thing, really. So, yeah, that's, that's why it's, it was predominant in, in those areas, yeah. Yeah, guys, what, what, are, what are you drinking? Yeah, I've moved on to uh, the big brother of, of Citra. This is Green Devil, so, so this is Oakham's IPA. Uh, again, a T90 unfiltered double hopped IPA, 6%. Um, and it's a, an absolute monster when it when it comes to the, the bitterness on the finish. Um, it's it's a beer that I've tripped up on a few times when I've, I've, I've found it. Uh, particularly dangerous. You particularly yeah. find this on cask, Oof. and and you'll drink pints of it like it's three and a half four percent, um, and then at the end of the evening you'll realise why you actually can't <laughs> stand up. It's it's absolutely cracking. It's trans again. It's translated to the can so well. It starts off with um, lots of big tropical notes. There's there's some passion fruit there. There's a little bit of pineapple in there, but that soon gives way. And 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 what you get is this. You begin to get this piney resinous feel in in the middle, and and then you get the grapefruit kick in and the dryness kicks in, and and then you're like, oh yeah, this is all right. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the bitterness hits, and it's it's just comes in. Waves, yeah, and it's and it's one of those bitternesses that makes yeah. you go, oh, I'm thirsty now. I need to quench that. So, so what do you do? You grab your pipe, you take another sip. Yeah, uh, it's it's really really great brewing, and it's it's great to see that this has finally made it into a can as as well. And I can very much see this becoming a staple. Mm -hmm. Does Excellent. it actually 
tastes much different to the bottles that, from what you can Oof. remember or is that hard i know it's hard it's, it's, it's been a long time yeah since, since i've had the yeah. bottles of it um from from what i can remember it just it just tastes really really crisp and, and really yeah. clean um best, best before august 21 so if you're saying six months on that that could be pretty fresh into the can yeah it will it, as, as i say it was only released uh this past wednesday I, I, I believe so it must be fairly fresh in the can yeah uh charles what what are you on now yeah so yeah so keeping the, the midlands theme going i've got a glasshouse beer friends of the show uh obviously we've had a well you guys have interviewed them um and this is their sakura which is a 6.3 percent new england ipa mosaic and nelson with vermont yeast um beautiful beautiful can and that, again it's mm. not it's hard to convey a message but it's very a beautiful looking can uh very very hazy orange in the glass and um i mean literally smells like yeah breakfast juice uh and yeah the follow-up taste is, is awesome as well it's quite um peachy elderflower grape from the i think because of the nelson maybe and it's just really clean uh yeah yeah, top drawer. I've always found the Glasshouse um, beers yeah. to have quite a soft mouthfeel, a bit in the Very soft, yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're quite Daya, uh, similar to Daya in, in in some ways. Um, I don't know if that's the yeast or the, the the malt bill maybe that they're using, but yeah, it's very sort of uh, soft, pillowy. Um, yeah, uh, very very easy to drink. But uh, but this is this is from their first run of cans as well. So which I was going to kind of lead on to. Uh, I think they brought out four different cans as a sort of a first release because they've been doing crowlers up until yeah this run and uh, there's a there's a fruit beer which I think deep seeded which I think you guys have had yeah we've had that yeah and a couple of pale ales and then this IPA so um, yeah uh, are, they, are they contract canning or are they have they got their own canning I believe it's yeah I believe it's contract canning um, right. Obviously, it's they had. Um, sorry, I was going to say it's good to find see them in cans. Though. we've been wanting that for a while, haven't we? But uh, yeah, I think they. Did you get it direct yeah. off their website then? No, actually, this I got this from Cottage Wines, um, along with the, the Burning Soul beer, and uh, but I believe yeah, they're online now. They're shipping throughout the UK, so so it's great at the moment. We're seeing seeing the Glasshouse cans pr- uh, crop up in a lot of places now, which is great. Yeah, good stuff. Um, but, so they're not uh, our little yeah. secret anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, we, we did bang the drum, but uh, you yeah, know, uh, we did we did sort of realise how good they were um, back then. So yeah, it's great to see, great to see where where they're going now. I think they've got a, some more interesting beers coming through now. There's going to be some lagers coming out, stouts, I believe. So yeah, look good. out. Excellent, yeah. yeah, excellent stuff. They're not really very bitter though, are they? It's, they're very more more of the Neeper style, aren't yeah, they? So they won't I'd, really I'd be like, for you, Steve. <laughs> I, but I, I'd like, to, I'd love to see a West Coast. No. As well. I love West Coast, so I would love to see a West Coast uh, glass house. Maybe they'll make it happen. I'd like to see them do a um, brown meal, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Why not? Why yeah. not? Or a mile? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. Okay. So obviously, um, we've got Steve here from the Beer O'Clock Show as as a guest. So thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, cheers, Steve. And, um, yeah, really kind of wanted to kind of get into your beer journey. Uh, it's obviously something that you've discussed quite a bit on your own show, but um, where where did it all begin? 
I've, I've got to say, I don't actually think I've ever spoken about my beer journey. Mm-hmm. Um, all I've ever spoken about is my beer journey through the podcast. Right. I've, I've never really spoken about what happened up until that point. Oh, so this is exclusive stuff now. Then, so there we go. Yeah, it is. Well, it's, it's, it's nothing probably any different from anyone else. So, um, you, you know, pints pints of cider in the pub at eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, first legal pints. Um, a lot of lager in 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 the early days, and then I I uh, went to college and I met uh, there was a fellow in my class who was originally from Newcastle who introduced me to Real Owls and also to Newcastle Brown Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that point, I started kind of converting over from, from lager to drinking more hand pump stuff. That probably lasted the amount of time that I was at college because I very quickly found that it was flat, boring brown water on, <laughs> on a lot of occasions where you went to a pub. So I very quickly transitioned back to just drinking lager um mm-hmm. when, I, when i was out with friends and then in about i think it was 2012 uh, a fellow that i worked with at the time he and i randomly decided that oh let's buy some tickets to this great british beer festival thing that sounds like it might be fun so we took a day off work and we went up to i think it was Earl's court at the time because it was it was taking a couple of years away from where, where it is now or where, where it used to be held um and it happened to coincide with the year that Adnams launched ghost ship at, at the great british beer festival right. so we were there for that we drank some pints of that and i was like oh, wow this well this is tasty and i think from there that's that's where the exploration started so obviously then started to search out more of the Adnams beers at, at, at the point because I was like well I liked that one so let's see what else they've got and and that kind of then ended up taking me to a path of Marks and Spencers who at the time were doing and they still do they do a lot of beers with regional breweries that are kind of the variations of, of that brewery like Oakham Yes, yeah, 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 and there's, there's, they do it with loads of breweries now. Yeah. Um. So started exploring more from there, and back in back in certainly the early 2010s, there the Sainsbury's used to do a thing once a year called the Great British Beer Hunt, where they'd that. get yeah. they'd get a load yeah. of bottled beer in from new breweries all around the country, and I think they do like you know offers on them as well so used to get quite excited about that and used to go along and and, and try all the beers and it, it just started becoming a case of exploring different beers and and seeing what you could find and this was still sort of 2011 early 2012 just just finding things on the shelf in in, in the supermarket so i've not tried mm. that one yet and i've not tried that let's try this let's try this and that then uh, at some point i was drinking a um, it was a Sainsbury's, whatever their finest version is. I think it's Taste the Difference. In Taste the Difference, that's it. Yeah, yeah it was a Sainsbury's. West Coast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Sainsbury's Taste the Difference Scottish Lager. And I was like, oh, I really like this. I, uh, I want to find out a little bit more about it. So I searched it up on the, 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 the on, on Google and it, it came up. First, the first sort of um, answer was that it was actually brewed by Harveston. And so I read about that and it was like, oh, this is a version of Shehalian, their, their Shehalian, sort of yeah. classic lager. The second entry on Google was untapped. 
<laughs> read more about hole. yeah read what, more about this, this beer here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. clicked on that and that was literally where, where the rabbit hole opened and and down yeah. i went i think i i think i downloaded the app that night and that was my very first check-in on on untapped was the sainsbury's taste the difference version of shehalion and that was it untapped started to open up a whole new world to me and then from there it was the random meeting of of of, of Mark in a in, in a queue for a Foo Fighters gig. We got chatting. He started following me on social media. He was seeing all the beers I checked in. He was like, "These beers sound really interesting. Can you teach me a bit more about beer?" He was big into podcasts at the time, and and he said, "Look, let's do this through the medium of a podcast." And I was like, mm-hmm, "I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I really." He was like, "You can be the beer expert," and I was like, "Look, I like drinking beer, but." Expert is a is is a bit of a stretch, um, and I suppose that the rest is probably history. We we started doing started doing podcasts. It started it started off with very traditional supermarket shelf beers um, that started to slowly expand. To we 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 discovered places like Owls by Now back back then, who were one of the biggest online beer beer suppliers. Yeah. There weren't a lot of beer shops around then what well, we used to call them off licenses back then um but <laughs> the, you, you know there weren't a lot of them around then and then no. then just obviously you know you're the, the more you go down the rabbit hole the more you find the more people you meet you start finding that there are beer festivals and it, it kind of i suppose it just really snowballed from there so from, from that point on my my beer journey probably does then run hand in hand with the, the journey through the podcast and 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 where we've 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 got to now with Martin and I presenting it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, obviously, like you were saying, you started off with some quite traditional beers for the podcast, and I guess some of that was the fact that you and Mark back then uh, you were kind of uh, almost uh, early adopters of of recording remotely, weren't you? Because you didn't record together, and but you had to find the same beer to drink. Yeah, yeah, no. Mark uh, lives in South London. I, I I live in Essex. The the only way that we was going to do this uh, back then was I think we started off using Skype. Um, but it was a case of I, I remember m- on many occasions literally being in the supermarket having a text conversation with him saying, "Well, <laughs> this is what this is what I can see on the shelf." Um, what can, and he was in his supermarket and it was like, well, what can you see? And it's like, right. Okay. Well, have you got this? And yes. Okay. So we'll have that one. And, yeah. and so, so that, that became quite difficult in, in the early days. And I think, I yeah. think when we probably the first couple of months of doing the, the, the podcast, the, the episodes were probably sporadic at best because it was a case of well, when are we free? Um, can we get the same beers at the same time? And, and can we bring all that together to actually record something? Because was um, was was Mark like at the beginning of his like beer journey then, or were you just a little bit ahead of Mark? Or um, Mark was probably in his own words a complete noob when when it came <laughs> when it came yeah. to beer. He was as as interested in beer as what he was seeing coming through on my untapped check-ins on social media. So, yeah. and, and this was back when way, this is way back when it was like my own personal Twitter account. It wasn't the beer o'clock show Twitter account. I, I, I had my own account back then yeah. that, that was all mine. You, you, you know, it wasn't this other on online persona sort of thing. And 
so so he was very much yeah yeah take me through the take, take me through the styles take me through the beers let's let's see what i like and mm-hmm. he he very much wanted it to be his journey through beer yeah i love that about those early episodes definitely um it really felt like you were kind of joining the journey i think that's, i think i first started listening to your podcast back in 2015 uh, before i actually downloaded untapped and um yeah really kind of got into it um, it was always funny, just kind of, yeah, just Mark's reactions. I th- the podcast that I loved the most was the the Cannonball, <laughs> the Human Cannonball episode. I, I never stopped laughing at that. It's it's uh, a yeah, gold mine. Uh, that, that is one of the early favourites for for, yeah. for sure. But yeah, I mean, twenty fifteen yeah, yeah. would have been sort of because Mark. Um, Mark kind of said to me that he came to the end of his beer journey in 2016 and and that he had lost kind of, he'd lost the interest in um, doing the podcast essentially because he was, he wasn't as into beer as I was getting. And and he, he was quite honest about it. He said, look, I'm, I'm spending two nights a week of, of my life mm. doing a thing that I don't enjoy doing anymore. Mm. So I actually think I've come to the end of, end of my journey. And that was the point at which I said to him, well, I haven't, and I, I still I want to go do, on. I yeah. want to do yeah. this podcast thing. So do you mind if I, if I carry it on, but bring in someone new? Mm. Which, uh, yeah, we pretty Thank much know. What happened after that? Yeah, yeah and, and, and the rest the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Y- you know, Martin came on board September 2016, and and, and we've just um, we've continued to go from strength to strength. And I, I think yeah. Martin and I have the same ethos about it that Mark and I had, which is we'll keep doing it as long as we keep enjoying it. When when mm. we stop enjoying it, we'll stop doing it. It's it's as simple as that. So yeah, a couple of geeky questions here. So is it true that you auditioned for a co-host? It's it's not true. Um, it's, it's 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 an urban myth. Um, what what happened was uh, when 2016 rolled around, we used to do the beer clock show in seasons. Um, mm. And 2016 was due to be the 10th season of, of the Beer O'Clock Show. So I said to Mark, wouldn't it be really nice if we had, if we got listeners on with us and we got them to recommend like their favourite beer and we'll drink that beer with our listeners. And he was like, yeah, yeah, great idea. And then before we started that season, he then dropped the bombshell that he didn't actually want to carry on with it after this season. So kind of in the back of my head, I was like, well, I may as well use this to see who I who I could work with here. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Martin was actually I think he was the first guest that we had on in that season. Um, but it, it wasn't just the case uh, because all of the guests we had on in that season were brilliant. Every single one of them, they really were. Um, right up to the 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 final guest that we ever had on, which was Miles, who who kind of gave this eulogy towards the end of the show that actually. Um, it left me speechless because it choked me and, and I couldn't say anything. And I think... Is that the Hot think, Burns and Black one? No, it was or, the one just no, before that. Just before, um, yeah. yeah. Because, because Mark, like, Miles finished saying what he was saying and Mark went, Steve, and I was like... And I think Mark was quite choked by it as well. So, um, but yeah, so, so Martin was the first up and at, at the end, it one of the things it boiled down to was... Uh, geography as well um at that time martin and i only lived about 10 miles away from each other so we yeah. knew we could switch from recording 
remotely to to actually recording together yeah which always makes a difference as as much as i mean you know like all podcasts now i think we've been doing this for nearly a year which is is crazy isn't it and as good as zoom is it's not quite the same as sitting down in the room together is it and and all cracking open a beer everybody shares the same beer that kind of thing is is still not quite there yet and we're sort of still that's definitely got the lead so you then switching to kind of being in the same room together obviously was a big benefit too wasn't it yeah it, it was because like because like you say you you kind of as, as, as great as this is and and you, you know yeah. I've, I've i've said this so much in the last few months that zoom has made the world a little bit smaller and, and it's 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 certainly made it easier for us to work with people that maybe we wouldn't have done before because no. they're no longer at the end of the country, the other end of the country, mm. that they're at the other end of a screen. Um, but you can't be sitting next to somebody yeah. and, right. and yeah. getting, the, getting the visual cues from that person. And, and by that, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even just facial things. It's how they move their body. It's like, mm. so if somebody's talking and they suddenly move their body and they pick up their pint, you're like, right, I know Martin's coming to the end of his sentence here. So as soon as he picks that pint up, I can get ready to come in. And, yeah. and speak yeah. and you can't no matter how hard you try you can't replicate that on on zoom yeah it's just it's just not quite the same is it no it really isn't um but it's the best we have and yeah. as you said we've we've kind of rolled with it but uh yeah yeah so, so you obviously had that whole thing where so you were originally weekly then you'd gone to fortnightly and then obviously lockdown happened and whatever how quickly did you first of all say yeah we're going to carry on and then you went back to weekly again to start off with didn't you so again what was all that so, 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 so yeah when um like i said at the very beginning it was very sporadic and then um and, and then i started bringing spreadsheets into the equation and I said to Mark look we need to get some regularity to this because uh, at the time it was it coincided with me having two very young children uh, who had after school clubs and that sort of thing and I needed to be able to and, and I was also working a, a job that involved me traveling up and down the country so I needed to be able to know when I was due to be doing this hobby of mine so we moved the beer o'clock show weekly fairly early on and I, I think that that continued to be weekly throughout its life so when when Martin joined, I think our original plan we were we were going to be we were going to go monthly with, mm-hmm. with it, and we recorded the pilot episode and we jo- enjoyed it so much. We was like, should we do another one next week? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And and we just kind of fell into a weekly pattern, but it just became too much um, with work and and everything to as as a hobby to commit to again exactly what Mark said. It, it's two nights. Of, of your life a week if if you're the person that is responsible for editing the podcast as well it's, it's it's two it's two evenings of your life so we we reverted back to, to to fortnightly um and it was working for us and then obviously lockdown hit and we we had a conversation early on and said look because we we kind of saw it coming a little bit so there was there was an evening that i remember where we actually recorded three shows in one night so we recorded the show that was going out that week we recorded a backup show just in case things didn't yeah got mm-hmm. locked down and and then we recorded all of the little um segue bits of content that we needed for the budvar show that we knew we were putting out yeah. because the the, the budvar show was originally supposed to release at the beginning of april to coincide with budvar bringing over their imperial hopped pilsner 
so that the whole thing was mm -hmm. planned to land at the same time and obviously come the middle of march last year everything went to shit didn't it and we had to change that so we, we were lucky that we had three lots of content so i and i was put on furlough literally as lockdown hit and, and and i said to martin i said look let's let's do this weekly we can we, we can do it um i've got the time as long as you have let's let's just put it out weekly and and there was i suppose there was a little bit of resistance from some of our listeners because they were like well we're not commuting so we don't have mm -hmm. that time so we don't need extra content right now and and we were like well we're going to give it to you anyway so um <laughs> but yeah but we so so we committed to trying to make the shows a little bit shorter um I think we tried to bring them all in around the hour mark or certainly under the hour mark, which is quite an achievement for us. Um, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, we just, we went weekly and until August and we saw that again, restrictions were going to change and that sort of thing. And, and Martin was getting a lot busier with, with, with work from working from home. So we said, look, let's, let's just go back to fortnightly. It's what people expect for, from us. And we've just kind of slipped back into that, that fortnightly cycle now. And it's, it's just, um, it's, it's a lot easier. It's we, we generally record on a Monday night. I edit on a Tuesday morning and it, and it goes out on Thursday. I've then got a week off of really doing any podcast work. Yeah. Cool. So one final geeky question here and this is something that that i i've thought about occasionally and never really um uh, but i just remembered yesterday i thought i'll ask this what <laughs> is what is the theme tune that you open the show with and why did you pick it um the, the current show now yeah. yeah i was gonna say which one <laughs> <laughs> um we actually had that written for us ah um it's you have to you have to forgive me. I don't know off the top of the head, but it's it's on one of the early um, show notes. There's a, there's a credit to the person that wrote that tune for us. But basically, when when we moved over from from being the the beer o'clock show to beer o'clock show opinions, I, I wanted everything to be a little bit different, including yeah. the theme tune. And and I think I think we put a request out on Twitter saying, "Does anyone know anyone?" And I think. If my memory serves me correctly, it was um, Nick, Nick Law from Hot Forward said, oh, I know someone um, who, who might be able to put together a theme. And we exchanged a couple of emails and I kind of said to him, this is what we're looking for. Da, 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 da. And he literally backward and forwarded a couple of demo tracks with us. And uh, I, I think I'm, I'm not a, a musical technician, but I think if you listen to it, and then you listen to the original Beer O'Clock Show theme, which was quite a generic, uh, I think it was a garage band theme that, that, that yeah. Mark used. There, there are similarities, and, and I do think he listened to that original um, intro and he went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce something that's like that, but something that's new. And, and, yeah. and that's what he did, and, and that's what it is. And it's just, it's just kind of stuck. And, and then when we got the, the, the little intro piece from Mark Johnson to add to it, I... I can't separate the two now. Mm. They're mutually exclusive. They're one and the now. same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, good stuff. Oh, there you go. There's, there's a, an interesting nugget there. Then, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it might have been something you found somewhere or whatever. But uh, no, that's cool. That's great. So, um, without um, further ado, um, we've 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 given you enough twenty questions on on the podcast and your beer journey. So <laughs> let's just have a little bit of a local catch up as as we oft do. Um, not that there's been too much uh, stuff happening locally, but a couple of things here. So um, 
the first thing I might have mentioned this last time out, but I'm not sure. But I'm going to mention it again because a bit more detail. Uh, there is a new micro pub opening in Coventry called Hopster Moor. Um, and they have uh, fitted the place out. It's kind of pretty much ready to roll, but obviously whilst we're in lockdown, there's nothing happening yet. But um, they have six hand pulls in, uh, installed, and apparently two of those are going to be from local brewery Byatts. They're over in Coventry as well. Uh, a couple from Purity and maybe a couple of guests. There's going to be some keg lines there too. I think maybe half a dozen. Um, so that's going to be interesting. It's right in Coventry city centre as well, so handy for you know it's 10 minute walk from where the train station is so that will be definitely a place to check out when that opens the other place is um a bar called inspired which was open um i think it closed about a year or so ago um it's in an old church spire obviously coventry is the city best known as the uh, for its three spires which uh also looking at the uh, twisted barrel can in front of me now it's uh on their graphics showing three spires and uh this is the remains of a, of a church that's just the spire left and that used to be a nice belgian beer bar uh up until a year or two back uh, but it's now going to reopen it's been bought by dylan's brewery another brewery in the north of of coventry so i'm uh, not quite sure when that's going to reopen but that's that's somewhere else to, to go and drink in coventry when when we're allowed to and then a couple of places that are shut sadly so more local to us in warwick uh the punch bowl has now pulled its last pint it's all boarded up now and that's a pub that's been open for oh 18 something on yeah. the oh, longer than decades yeah, yeah. Um, maybe centuries yeah. Yeah. yeah 1876 yeah or something, something like that or, yeah, yeah. And also um, the Zetland Arms, which is a nice, or was a nice little pub uh, just down the road from St. Mary's Church. Uh, mm. That is also permanently closed. And obviously, you know, we, we know that we were going to see casualties from the current situation. Um, I don't know if this is typical of other sort of small towns or whatever, but, you know, hopefully if if stuff does open up again in the next sort of two to three months or something, you know, it'll it'll be open again and without any further shutdowns and, and so that they can start to build their businesses again, hopefully. So yeah, that that's the the local catch up. Um how's how's everybody getting on with their beers? The Green Devil's almost gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's how drinkable it is. And once again, I'm not gonna show it this time, but there is well, there's lacing. Uh, uh, again, I've got um, a little bit of lacing on mine, but not much. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just so good. Um, it it really really doesn't doesn't drink its ABV. I should definitely be checking that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Charles, yeah. what's what's your um, what's your beer? Yeah, like? um, I'm getting through it. It's really crazily drinkable. Uh, really clean and soft, as we were saying. And uh, yeah, this, if this is the start of the the new canning run, then uh, we're in for some good, some great stuff. Yeah, bring it on. No doubt. Excellent. Excellent. So we can get, hope we can get there soon. This is as good as it always is. So, um, yeah. yeah. After that initial hit when it was like, oh, this is a bit bitter, but I think obviously that was after the LHG mild. It's, um, it's just this gone got a smooth now, isn't it? More is it, a, is it higher ABV than the LHG or? No, it's lower. Or? It's three and a half. Three and a oh, half. That's a bit lower. Okay. Um, but it drinks more like a cask beer. I feel um, carbonation, carbonation wise. Yeah, yeah, there is less yeah. carbonation. Yeah. It's it's one of my favourite miles, and and something that they've brewed in the past, which uh, hasn't been done for a couple of years. They do a double version of this called Brobdingnagian, um, which is fantastic. It's it's you know the, is that the vanilla vanilla one. 
Ooh. Well, this is a vanilla one. But That's they, the vanilla one, sorry. But well, it's the Brobdingnagian they they put in about three times as much vanilla. More yeah, vanilla. it can't yeah. it can't be a cheap beer to make uh, because vanilla no. pods are hellishly expensive. Mm. So, you know, um, it's interesting. You know, the juxtaposition between a mild, which is you know a kind of quaffable cheap drink traditionally, to then put an expensive ingredient like a vanilla. No pods. adjunct, adjunct free style with yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of vanilla. So, so um yeah it's it's excellent and um yeah i need to get hold of some more actually so yeah excellent stuff nice one. right yeah we need to get these glasses filled up so um <laughs> right okay things are back to normal now with full glasses this is the way to end a series of milds it is boxcar double dark mild and this is one of those rare beasts a strong mild this is 6.3 percent uh, English dark ale, it says on the uh, on the thing, and and basically what you get from this is dark fruits and a, a real thick mouth feel, and um, I have had this before to be honest. I managed to to get six of them direct from Boxcar, and um, what do you think, Vicky? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it's. I was saying about earlier about my beer of the year so far was Tint Meadow. This is, is slightly like that. It's like you said, it's very kind of, I definitely get in the dark fruits. It's definitely got that Caramel. kind of Belgian-y um, kind of feel to it. Um, this was an absolute classic of Mark. This is how you do marketing. Because I remember seeing the picture, which was basically the can, which is just the most gorgeous can design. Purple and gold colour scheme. Purple yeah. and gold colour scheme. And they've got that next to the glass full of this beer with a, a lovely head on it. And I was just like, that has to be in my house now. It was one of those. I'd, and yeah. of course, in, with classic beer Twitter, I just kept seeing this picture being re- retweeted time after time after time. I was like, I need that beer now. <laughs> it's, it's a great looking cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it didn't disappoint, which was... Uh, this yeah. is bloody amazing um it's really really good it has that because it's so malty it is like you say vicky it's um a little bit similar to tint meadow and it's very very malt forward fruit cake in a glass kind of uh, flavor profile or perhaps christmas pudding something like that um but it's got a real thick mouthfeel it's borderline on i guess what you might call style wise as an old ale um, if you if you kind of you know I don't know where one starts and the uh, the other finishes uh, it's a bit of an overlap I guess um, to find this on cask somewhere would just be oh. you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow wouldn't it um, maybe in some parallel universe we will find that at some point but yeah absolute superb bit of brewing obviously boxcar started off by doing a single version of this which was 3.6 which we had last year which oh, was right. great uh, quaffing kind of beer anyway boxcar themselves are in bethnal green they they do a lot of modern styles they do uh we we bought a mixed box of stuff from them which turned up rather rapid and that was great service um so we've had like uh, new england style dippers but for them to do do everything from that we had great saison as well from them um so they're definitely kind of um hitting all the different styles they're attempting they're 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 ticking the boxes and um yeah i just can't say enough good things about this this double dark mild it's fantastic uh but enough from me um charles what are you drinking uh i have got an attic bruco so i'm in searchy still uh, a bit further down the mile uh, yeah. and it's a 5.2 uh chocolate gatto stout called sweet like and it's uh it says on the you know style guide rich chocolate flavor from the additions of cacao and belgian dark chocolate touch of vanilla 
and a thick, silky mouthfeel gives the impression of a decadent gatto not even Paul Hollywood could turn his nose up at. This week's star baker, Attic. And uh, it's it's lovely. It's it's really chocolatey. It's really caramel, toffee. Um, yeah, it, it does smell like a chocolate gatto, which is what the brief is. And um, Yeah. The only thing is, it's, it's a little... I, I feel bad for saying it. It's thin, but then it's 5.2%. Mm. Like... I'm not expecting it to be this big, thick, unctuous, impy stout. Um, the only thing is, I don't know if I'll see on camera, it, it's quite, it's not really like dark enough for a stout. It's quite right, it's, uh, it's slightly more, more a dark yeah. brown, yeah. Than, well, than more black. of a red, actually. It's like quite a red sort of hue at the bottom of the glass. Um, so it probably needs a little bit more dark malt to be, yeah, elevated even higher. But it's very good. It, 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 again, it's not flawed it's just uh the flavors are bang on yeah. and, it's interesting uh, what yeah. you're saying though about it's a bit thin because like you said it's yeah. is that because we're so used to now adjunct heavy stouts yeah. and porters which this clearly is you look at this and you go that's going to mm. be an adjunct adjunct heavy um stout or porter and then you sort of think <laughs> okay so that's going to be really thick and smooth and and whatever and then you Definitely. drink it and you go oh no there's not much there so no, definitely. It's it's like a you've got a preconception about what it will be. Um, sorry, Steve. You, you all I was going to say was I, I just think you'd look at the ABV and go five point two. It's not going to be very thick. No, uh, I think I think the higher the ABV goes, the thicker you're going to expect a beer to be. Exactly. Yeah, and that is that would be the the alcohol that gives it the body and the, yeah. the thickness, I suppose. Yeah, so that's that's quite ambitious. All those flavours at, at that ABV yeah. is 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 a very yeah. ambitious beer, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But um. Yeah, it's really nice. Good, um, Steve. I'm guessing you're on the third of your Oakham trilogy. I, I am. This is a, <laughs> this is Black Magic, which is a, a first for me. I've definitely not had this one before. It's a chocolate porter. Again, it's unfiltered, five percent, and this is um, flavoured with cholaca, which is apparently a hundred a hundred percent pure cacao. Although it sounds wow. to me like. Poundland's version of chocolate. <laughs> um, it's got uh, a complex base of seven different malts, so so the can tells me, and it's been hopped with Cascade, which is um, actually a really interesting choice yeah. for, for this this beer because the only the only other beer that I I know as fact that is is hopped purely with Cascade is Sierra Nevada Pale Sierra Nevada, yeah. And and it's yeah. it's like you you think about the characteristics in that and what Cascade brings to that. Mm. And I've got, I've got to say I'm getting no chocolate from this whatsoever. Mm. That that might be that that my the palate hops. has been absolutely destroyed by the Green <laughs> Devil previously. Um, <laughs> maybe I should have done. Maybe I should have done this one first. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it might also be that the hops are just overpowering um, that that chocolate that's been added. It's got lactose in it as as well, which kind mm. of sometimes I think is a little bit unnecessary. Do we need to keep yeah. adding it to everything? Um, but what it is, it's it's a, it's actually a really good porter. Uh, put put all that to one side. It's it's not ticking the chocolate box for me, but it is ticking the robust, roasty, um, almost hoppy porter. And I've got, I've got to say, when I first had a sniff of it, the first thing that came to mind was well, this is a, this is a very very hoppy porter. This is almost so nearly on, black IPA, almost yeah. bordering on black IPA. Oh, here. Um, export India stout. 
yeah yeah there's there's a fine line that they're walking (laughs) here um it's just struggling with the chocolate for me. It's it's one that I'll probably need to revisit on on a on a, on a fresh palate to see if I can pick up <laughs> any of those it? chocolate notes. Is it quite cold? I took this out of the fridge at the same time that I took the citra out earlier on, so it's it's ah, had two okay. beers to warm up. So I yeah. say it's actually a it's it's a pretty decent cellar temp, mm. and 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 the the chocolate just really isn't coming through. No, mm, that's interesting that it's uh, restrained in that way. Yeah. Again, um, it'll be interesting as well when we do that at the end of it, you know, in a few minutes' time as well, when you're see whether it does come in a bit more after, after a few warming more sips. A and bit. A, yeah. it's, it's still just coming through. It's very hoppy at, mm. at the moment. and um, quite, quite grassy or grapefruity sort of. Yeah, well, what, what I always find, particularly with, with the Cascade and I, I suppose particularly with Sierra Nevada, is I always find there's a, there's a little bit of pepperiness on the finish Pepper. to that. Mm. And, yeah. and and I think I'm picking up some of the same characteristics in this. And that's that's clear. That that can only be coming from the hop. So um, this, this is uh, something, uh, you know, obviously the situation being we're hoping that things open up a little bit in a two or three months time perhaps or certainly by the summer anyway it'd be really really nice to be able to go out for a drink again even if it's just out in a beer garden yeah yeah that kind of thing so you know the big question is then when lockdown eases where do you want to go and drink where's a couple of places you think that's a, a must where you must have in your mind somewhere where it's like when times are good again i'm going back there so um, I don't know who wants to go first on this. If there is anything where that springs to mind. I'm going to jump straight in. There's two places for me. Uh, yeah. the, the, the first one will be the place I had my last pint, which will be the Vic Inn in Colchester. Uh-huh. Um, that, that will be the first place that Emma and I will be heading to for many pints. Uh-huh. Um, because... <laughs> cool. Damn, I've missed drinking beer in that place. And and and, and Richard just installed a kernel line as well. Oh, and, what? And just like, Come, come on. on. Yeah, oh, so so absolutely, that is... that's going to be the first place I'm going to head to. The, the, the other, uh, will probably come as no surprise to people that know me, will be the Owl House in Chelmsford. Um, I have really missed that place. I didn't even get to go back there during the brief opening last year. It's, yeah. it's where we host our bottle shares. You, you know, they've got 12 cask lines and I think they were up to about eight keg lines now um, plus a fantastic range of beers in cans and bottles and yeah I just I just really miss the feel of that place so they'll be the first two places on on my list excellent excellent Charles you got anywhere in mind that you'd want to be heading for a pint I think uh, I mean primarily it'll just be like, like definitely more local that, I, that, that I'm going to go back to and as Steve said like the last place that I went to before lockdown was our local bottle shop um so i will definitely nip in there for something and uh and the old post office in work i think i'd love to yeah obviously have a cast beer as well um and yeah love it if, if, if we can do that i think how about you how about you guys Are you sort of same similar or i think um you know I've, I've got ambitions beyond the local area a little bit as much as i sort of want to support local there's places where uh, a little bit further afield and i would like to go back to the colmore tap in brum um which good show good show we did go to brum just once in the last year which it sounds crazy even saying that you know because we <laughs> so, used to go yeah. every couple of weeks but we went in september when things were a little bit better places were open and we had a day off so it was a weekday we went to the colmore tap had lovely pizza cask jaipur amongst other thornbridge beers because obviously it's a thornbridge pub um yeah. and it and it was a great experience 
so I would want to go back there and then a little further afield. I really kind of want to go to a city that's a good beery city. So and, Leeds, uh, London, that sort of thing. Bristol, actually, in this case. Okay. Drinking the uh, left-handed giant uh, brew pub beer earlier made me realise yeah. that I hadn't actually been to the brew pub place in Bristol because um, it wasn't open last time we were there. And it's supposed to be an amazing place, you know, really high ceiling. Then it's it's an amazing yeah. conversion of an old building. So I desperately want to go and check that place out. And Bristol itself, um, from when we went there before, and I think actually the last time we went was for the... Um, the Crimbo Crawl, actually. Uh, so we were there with you, Steve, when we uh, mm. went to uh, Lost and Grounded Tap and uh, loads of other great places over the course of the weekend. And well, well, some I, of you went to lots of great places. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we weren't going to bring that up, but if you want to, yeah, I was going to airbrush that out. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's some there's some great breweries, and and I like Bristol as a city anyway. It's it's a good place to go and hang out. So um, yeah, I'd like to go there. Um, where do you want to go, Vicky? Oh, where do I want to go? Uh, boiler Room in Leamington, Twisted Barrel Tap Room, um, Conmore Tap, but you've already said that, um, Glass House, Attic Tap Room. Um, the Sturchy Mile. I just want to go out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah, you'd go to a library right now, wouldn't you, if you could? Um, um, yeah, that, that is, it's, it's going to be a bit of a crazy thing, isn't it, when, when we finally are allowed to, to go out? But the thought of hopefully having at least a semi normal summer where at least you could be, say, maybe sat in a beer garden with a, with a couple of friends, just having some, some good beers in the sunshine is, is something that it's enticing. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah, and to look forward Definitely. to it at the moment for sure. I, th- I think um, I think the thing is 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 that as as long as there's some common sense attached to to, mm-hmm. to reopening the industry, yeah, and it's you know let's not just restrict it to oh you've you've got to serve food or or, yeah. or, or this and that. The, None of that. The, the None whole of, that. of the whole of the industry has got to be considered. Yeah, and yeah. You, you know not not every pub benefits from having a garden or an outdoor space and absolutely if, if they, they if, need to be thought about yeah yeah they've, they've got to find ways to include everyone otherwise you know yeah. i think you mentioned earlier places have begun to close and I, I i still think we haven't seen the end of that i think we haven't even seen the start of it yet i, I think no, that there are going to be a lot of places that when they reopen will realize they just can't afford to to run anymore um so no. i think it's going to become more important than than ever just to to support what's local to you go local yeah 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 definitely yeah yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting time, I think. And no, te- and no 10 p.m. curfews, please, because that doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, because that's just silly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really silly. Yeah, uh, five thousand people all out in the street at the same time. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. house parties, trains at the Great same idea. time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so exactly. yeah, none of that nonsense. Yeah. As this beer has warmed up a little bit more, it's got even, even better. Uh, the boxcar double dark mild. I think this is definitely a contender for beer of the year. Um, it seriously is that good. Um, you know, it's it's miles away from hype beers that people are talking about on Instagram, but it is absolute quality brewing. Um, and it's um, just superb. Absolutely great. I don't know. Again, it's another one of those. It's so smooth. It's just... 
It's yeah, unctuous. You, you, you think it's going to be a okay? Yeah, I'll carry on sipping this, and suddenly, before you know it, you're gulping it down. And uh... it's, it's it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so uh, yeah, how how are you guys? Final thoughts on your your beers, uh, Steve? Uh, I'm I'm still getting no chocolate from it, but what I've got is a really good hoppy porter. Which I'm I'm happy with. Yeah, yeah, No, no, that that does me. That that, that yeah. absolutely does me. So I'd I'd be doing the I'd be like, no, where's the chocolate? Where's the chocolate? It's too many flipping hops, and you your for you it's absolutely perfect. So, well, well, again, yeah. uh, at five percent, my expectations weren't yeah. high that I was yeah. going to get a massive thick chocolatey beer, um, yeah. despite the. You know, the bold claim that it's got the 100% pure cacao chalaka in, in it. Um, that's, it's not you really... Need some or something when you say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really not coming through, but like I say, it is, it is a really good hoppy porter and I'm I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a good beer. I mean, I've enjoyed all of the beers tonight from Oakham, so I, I, I think it's it's definitely some somewhere that I'll go back to and order from again. Charles, final thoughts on your beer? Yeah, like I said earlier, it's just, it's the base flavors are really nice, but uh, it's just a little bit, uh, yeah, not yeah. quite dark enough and just not quite enough body. And, and, and it, what Steve said, you know, when you look at like five to 6%, you're not expecting huge like mouthfeel or kind of big, bold flavors. You're kind of expecting a bit more balance, but I'd still like to see a little bit more sort of body. Um, but otherwise, Apart from that, it's very enjoyable. And uh, yeah, cheers. Yeah. Can, can, yeah. I, can I just ask a question there? You, you say it's um, it's not dark enough. What colour's Guinness? Uh, uh, I'm going to be tricked out here. Uh, black? <laughs> when, 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 you hold, when you hold Guinness up to the light, it's red. Is it? Ah, yeah. right. Okay. So if you put an, the torch on your camera underneath the pint of Guinness, it will look. So maybe it'll, it'll light, come through with a, with a red hue, which is so which has always is kind of bright. amazed me because yeah. I've I've always thought that, that the Guinness is as black as night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not. If you if you hold a pint of Guinness up to the light, you will get a red hue come through the the, the, the bottom of it. There you go. Oh, now everybody's reaching go. for their yeah. cameras, uh, for their phones, <laughs> yeah. and putting the uh, flashlight on their beer. Yeah, I'm um, going to have to try this. This is what I'm going to have to get in. <laughs> this, is, this is a new something. thing now, you know. Yeah. yeah. We're all we're there all suddenly go. getting red. Yeah, this this yeah. isn't great for a podcast, I have to say. Um, so uh, this this is this is probably the time as we're all looking at our beers more than anything else to to wrap things up. <laughs> so so once again, um, thanks thanks for joining us, Steve. Really appreciate your time. Oh, it's been a Cheers. pleasure. Thanks it really has. Steve. Thank you for inviting me. No worries. Right. Cheers, mate. Okay, and um, yeah, thanks to everybody for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so that new episodes will always appear on your listening devices. Please leave us a review as it really helps other people to find us, especially as you probably have more spare time right now. Also, a little plug for my Mixcloud show, Pink Noise. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, That's just me waffling and playing some great tunes. And uh, you can find us on all the usual social media channels and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even good old-fashioned email. And uh, stay safe, and we'll see you on the other side. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.